0: The things I love are being destroyed and the people I care about are in peril. Hello handsomes. I am fascinated to report in news of current events. Uh numerous numerous men have stepped forward lately. Um lately being in the last 4 weeks. So pretty much since the apocalypse to tell me that now is a good time for us to kiss and that they like me. I don't. I mean, what do you do with that information at this time? You have to understand that even under the best circumstances for a girl to choose to get involved with a guy, specifically a male, is a safety hazard let alone in the current hellscape of political climate, it is on you to offer us something more appealing than the physical safety and economic advantage of being alone and self-sufficient. So, I don't know, if you are down to come to comedy shows with me, buy me a drink, donate to Planned Parenthood, and... I don't know, even just ask honestly what you can do to improve our situation, we go. Otherwise, take your things and try another door, because I got shit to do. Welcome to Personally Speaking, the show where your friends tell true stories to make you laugh while we're still alive. I have collected uh, five deeply personal stories for you on the theme of girls as well. Previously established. It um, appropriately gets pretty dark. So, for those who prefer warnings, um, Danny's story contains uh, attempted assault, and Eric's is just an incredibly intense story uh, involving guns at the border of Kosovo. Sure, you all know it. Sean's story is one of my favorites, as it always is. Um, Her stuff always has some incredible twist that just turns the whole thing on its head i love it the brad pitt story is easily one of my favorites that's ever been told on the show so she is back for the first time since before we were in the since we were in the living room which is great um it turns out uh henry afara's story is objectively disgusting and it happens inside me every single day I I will say I've never had the discharge thing happen. The gooey—that's um—that is specific to that person's body. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, the weirdo here. Uh, usually I am. Uh, Jen Scott. Um, I know you guys couldn't see her outfit, but it was incredible. It was a great outfit. Uh, and the story, obviously, is I just objectively if you lined up all the facts of that story and didn't even take the time to use perspective to make it funny the sheer absurdity of it is hilarious she doubles that by the way she tells it it's amazing it's a great great story so please stay tuned for all of them uh divide them up if you have to you know just a little like 10, 12 minute bursts, you're like, oh, I'm going to do the dishes and then forget and turn back to my phone. Those 12 minutes that you remember to do the dishes can be time that you can listen to the show. As always, uh, if you like the show, share it with a friend, tell them about it in person, post the link on their wall without context, Um, put it on their mom's Facebook wall, be a creep about it. Um, Just share it if you like it. It seems to be helpful to people. I get good messages about it, so keep doing that. Uh, appreciate it and finally of course our next live show will be january 13th that is friday the 13th yes indeed at fairfax um over the open space cafe so we will see you guys there on january 13th i've already started putting together a really good lineup for this one um you guys should really really come to this one see you then enjoy the show
1: Out tonight. I cannot believe that of all the like hundreds of people that are out there, you guys are the only ones who made it in tonight. That's a That line was all for this show. You guys are the only ones that I deemed worthy. So I appreciate appreciate you braving those crowds. Um, I know that that uh, sneakers are tempting, but comedy shows are the real draw. Um, couple things, um, specifically about being a girl that are interesting. Um, being a girl is kind of a trip, and that's what we're gonna be. Talking about tonight, um, fun things that I think are impressed impressed upon me. Um, being a woman, girl, child. Um, you guys are familiar with the concept of like the man child. I feel like it's important that we explore the woman teen at some point. We gotta talk about that. That's really like like I know that you think faux fur is a substitute for personality. It's not, guys. It's not just that doesn't function on its own. It's a beautiful accessory. And certainly can add some character, but they really can only go so far. Um, I love when I get things like, and I—I I mean, I not not specifically always, but indirectly through like the medium of television entertainment, get things like, "Wow, you would be so beautiful if only you blank, blank, blank." Um, I am beautiful, but thank you, thank you for your suggestions. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, look at me. Thank you. Um, I get, I get that. You would be so pretty if only. Dot dot dot. Um, you would be so pretty if you stop talking to me. <laughs> Leave it alone. Um, there's a lot of there's. Uh, the, I think one of my favorites is the like is the pretty all along. Uh, the pretty all along stereotype in movies. We get the like, wow, you really are beautiful when you like discard the clothes that make you comfortable and conform to more popular beauty standards. like, I mean, thank God you were conventionally pretty in the first place. But that helps too, and then you get, uh, then you get. I think some, some of the others. Um, the fact that you don't know that you're beautiful is what makes you beautiful. If you acknowledged in any way or had the confidence to say and assert your prettiness, I mean, I would definitely would not be as into that. Like, I like them insecure and hopeless. <laughs> Um, and then there's of course the uh, my favorite is like in a, I don't know if anybody you guys saw Miss um, Miss like Pepsi Cola's House for Antacids or whatever the movie was called, but it was um, it was about like this. There's of course like a young white male protagonist surrounded by a lot of really interesting female characters who do a lot for him and and really like show up in terms of bravery. And he's just kind of like sad and brooding, and that's like his superpowers that he's like very sad. Uh, and then what happens is. In the middle, like, the, the biggest moment, the climax of the film, the main girl character is like, it was within you all along. Thank you for showing us that we could be brave. Like, it was not, clearly not within the protagonist. It was clearly within everyone that was around him. I don't know. Being a girl is, like, it's a total trip. It's wild. It's just, it's wild. Um, it's almost like, in some ways, being a girl is like, being the sparkly beautiful top on, on like on a pile of dirty laundry,
2: <laughs>
1: and then in others it's like someone dropping you off at a knife fight with a piece of salami. Um, you don't you don't show up to the knife fight. You're not like I wanted this. Um, um, and so you have like you have a piece of salami. Everybody else has a knife, and some of them like some of them like some people are like. Yeah, they're get, like you know that they're after your salami, and they're gonna like flash the knife about it. They're few and far between, but you will see them. Uh, some of them are a little bit less obvious, but it's still like it's still kind of like it's almost as disgusting when people are just like drooling for the flesh of the salami. And they're just like they don't do anything, but you know, you know, like if the mood were right, and it's just, just it's 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 not a, it's not a pleasant feeling. And then there are those who, I think in in some ways, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm the valiant one because I like seeing girls with a knife, so they give you their knife. Really, they just are into, like, being dominated, so that's really... It's ultimately (laughs) self-serving. And then there are those who will get get down on the ground and put down their weapon, and that's truly, like, a beautiful thing to see. Of course, you're never going to trust them, though, because there's, like, all the other guys, though. All the other knives. So... And then you have and then you have the like, "I'm not like other salamis um, <laughs> so there's that whole there's that whole mentality to, to contend with um I don't know i I think the- okay, the wildest thing, like easily that I have ever been subjected to, like as a child who was not really like was just barely consciously like being aware of the fact that that I had a body at all um and this was. The thing is, this was, like, just something you don't question until many years later. Um, But the wildest thing was, like, this is very common. um, Have you guys heard of father-daughter dances? Are you familiar with the concept of uh, grown men being like, yeah, you should sign this piece of paper, which indicates that I own you, and um, you should not be able to in any way ruin yourself by having sex with other people unless I say it's okay. That's terrifying! What?! (laughs) Do you, do you know the last time we like we were like giving people away with pieces of paper it was not a good time in our history it's just not it's it's like it's a super common thing still obviously not as popular in like the liberal bubble um, but I mean I've read an article which indicates that in fact it is them who is living in the bubble so I think we have uh, we got them beat we got them beat. Um, this is a show in which, I can, like, mostly it's an opportunity for me to talk about myself and the strange things that have happened to me. Occasionally, I also allow other people to take the stage. Uh, this is a show called Personally Speaking. Clap if you've never been here before. Woo! Love it. But also, fuck you guys. Come to this show. Um, thank you for coming. I mean, thank you for coming. I'm a good host. Good Good hostess. Uh, so basically the point of the show is that your friends tell the best stories, period. Like, anytime you go to a party, someone's house, and your friend is like, oh my god, do you remember that time we blanky blank, whatever. And that's, that's honestly the most comfortable that most people feel telling stories. So that's what we're trying to do here, is we're trying to create a house party, but, you know, with like a giant spotlight. Don't worry about it. And... (laughs) Ultimately, everybody's there's just like three little rules that we abide by, just like at every normal house party. Um, one, don't talk for more than 10 minutes. I don't want to hear it. Uh, two, make sure that whatever it is that you say is true to the best of your perspective. So when people get up here, they're going to be telling you things as they happen to them, as they remember them. They're not looking to be as objective and diplomatic as possible. Like, if someone says that such and such is a villain in this story, we're going to side with the speaker to the best of your perspective. And finally, guys, um, it's okay to get dark. Like, just because this stage is very well lit doesn't mean that the stories have to be. Uh, it's fine to get dark. Content is fine. Uh, I personally find suicide attempts hilarious, especially when they fail.
2: <laughs>
1: um, but in general, just know that sometimes, obviously, the stories and the content are going to get dark, so don't worry about it. I promise things will work out okay in the end, or at least we'll laugh about it if they don't. The stand-up list, the set list that we have for you tonight is pretty special. Um, We're going to open with one of, uh, not one of my oldest friends, Uh, he's actually one of my youngest friends. (laughs) Oh, that is a knee slapper. Um, There it was. So he's actually been uh, one of my brother's closest friends for a long time. My favorite story about him is that when he was in the fifth grade, he and my brother were enlisted to host a high school talent show. I don't know if you guys went to high school, but those people are not nice to children. Um, They like roll their eyes. They kind of hate everything kids do. They're like, that's not me. That was like me 10 years ago. That's not the real me. They crushed it as hosts. Like everybody was talking about this for years after they hosted this talent show. It was amazing. So the first person coming up to the stage tonight is a friend of mine and of my brother's, which makes him a friend of all of yours. Put your hands together for Henry Afara.
3: Thank you, Crystal. That was a very nice introduction. (laughs) So, this is uh, Girls, Girls, Girls. That's the theme tonight. And before I start talking about Girls, 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 I think there's a pretty important disclaimer that I need to make. I have a
2: penis.
3: (gasps) I know. I'm a boy. And so it makes it difficult to talk about girls. I feel like when guys talk about girls, it's always about relationships. So it's, oh, yeah, I was banging this girl. Oh, my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. But hey, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. I feel it's a crutch that a lot of people talk about and they don't think about a funny story. Mm -hmm. I think for me, what I, I think it's important that I tell you I have a penis, because what I'm going to talk about <laughs> specifically is vaginas.
2: <laughs>
3: and I know you, you're saying, oh, there's more to girls than vaginas. I know, sure. But I think it's hard to say, oh, all girls are like this, or all guys are like this. Because when you meet enough girls and guys, you start to realize that, you know, it's hard to typecast in, in like half of the population, right? But I would say in general, most girls have a vagina. And there's a very specific experience that comes from that. And as a dude growing up, I actually had no idea girls have vaginas. Until I was about sixth grade. For real. You know, everyone, every dude, every boy has grown up and had the experience when a girl they know got hit in the crotch. And you're like, oh my god, she just got hit in the balls or a wiener or something. And she's like, I don't have a wiener. And you're like,
2: holy shit.
3: That just blew your freaking mind. And it wasn't until I was about sixth grade that I was introduced to the penis vagina paradigm. And that's when I really, you know, understood there's, some, there's something else there. I have this, and I feel like guys are at advantage. You know, this thing's just hanging out. I can fondle it. I can smack it around. I can really get to know it intimately before I even know what its purpose is. I'm really familiar with the day. De- and I can talk about it with my friends. like Oh, balls are itchy, all that stuff. It's more difficult for girls, I feel like. I would imagine a lot of girls probably didn't even know they had a vagina to begin with. It's like, oh, there's nothing there. I kind of pee and something comes out, but I can't really see it. It's like tucked under there. You look down. Unless you put a mirror down there, you're not really going to see what's going on. And I feel like it's a really big disadvantage in getting to know yourself you know? And as a guy, it's true, it's true. Guys have it lucky in that sense. And when I first learned about the vagina, it was not some sex ed class in like public education, and they tell you, oh, STDs, AIDS, don't have sex, and like, oh, this is a vagina, this is a penis, you know, don't use them. And I look, I look online, because, you know, I'm a kid in middle school, I want to look up more about vaginas, so I search on the internet vaginas, and, okay, granted, I saw a lot of pornography, but amidst the pornography, I saw a lot of information. I learned about, oh, I was curious what a vagina was. I wanted to know what it was like to have a vagina I look I see okay there's the labia majora labia minora all this freaking anatomy and it's really complicated I, feel, I felt more complicated than going on down here and if I have problems with my junk I can only imagine what problems you know, girls had with their junk especially this whole idea of a period that kind of came out in middle school you know, I have no concept I can, I can only akin it to like, hurting and then like crap in your pants like, I don't know what the guy equivalent would be Jeez, poop jokes that's where it goes I can tell you but I remember I wanted to ask someone about it. Because as inform- informative as the internet was, you couldn't really get an idea of like, oh, how does someone you know live with this? And I didn't want to ask my mom or anything. Because I lived in a pretty conservative town, as Christiana can attest to. And I think the last thing my mom wanted to hear is, mom, what's it like to have a vagina? Because that's a one-way ticket to Jesus camp.
2: Okay, and I want to play
3: video games. They didn't want to do that. So I, I was really curious. And I, I kind of held it into myself. And I really wanted to talk about it. But I really didn't start talking about vaginas to my friends until about high school. I was in the marching band. Uh, you know, I mean, you know it was gross. Everyone's pretty gross. So you can get away with being gross. We were at a football. After a football game, we were at a pizza place, and I'm sitting at a table, and I find myself with mostly girls. And I'm like, this is my chance. You know? I'm the only guy at this table when I can talk about something. And I talk to my friend, I see her there. And like, I'm, I'm not, everyone's talking, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, hey guys. I kind of feign some ignorance because I know a little about periods and stuff. You know, and I've, I've been on the internet, I know. But I go like, oh, hey, so like, say, I say, oh, I have a quick question. So, like, are periods, like, cyclical? Like, are they really regular? Or do they just kind of happen? Like, I know there's a menstrual cycle, but is it really, like, that strict of a cycle? And, of course, I see (laughs) B****'s face go, like... "Ah." She makes that noise. "Ah." And she looks at all of her friends. And just a pro tip, when you talk to someone, you ask them a question, and they make this face at you. Like, the the face kind of goes like this. That's disgust. You've disgusted them, and you need to do some damage control. But when you see someone make this face like this... And they kind of—they make this noise with their throat, and they look to their friends. That means that they're not sure how they feel. They're not—they think they're supposed to be disgusted, but they're super insecure. They've never dealt with this situation before. And I know, I girls—I'm assuming—we'll talk about periods with each other. But I feel like they all have a basic understanding of what's going on, so they don't have to talk about the fundamentals. You know, it's like okay, vagina blood—we can—we know what's going on. We can just say, "Oh, you have a period. Here's a pad. Oh man, it's great." But for me to have someone be like, "Hey, tell me about..." your menstrual cycle, you know, caught her off guard. But So I knew that there was a weakness there, and so I trudged forward. You know? <laughs> and she said, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Henry, it's, it's called the menstrual cycle, duh, you know, right, guys? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And so tell me, so when it's not, I hear, like, some people, it's not super regular. Like, what happens if you're late? Like, two or three weeks late or something like that? Does that is that a big deal? Is this like a, oh, yeah, it's a little late it happens, or is it like, does it really mess with your life? And I could see your face morph. It was from this, and it kind of softens. And it kind of hardens at the same time. And she kind of starts nodding slowly. You know what? And she's like, you know what, Henry? Yeah. You know, it fucking sucks when I'm late. You know, because I'm... God, it's like I'm waiting for my period and I'm wearing my period underwear and two weeks pass and I can't keep wearing period underwear my whole life. Eventually I run out and it goes in the laundry and I'm wearing my nice underwear and I can't wear pads all the time preemptively because if I'm not bleeding and I wear pads, it dries out my cooch and it gets super itchy and then I can't put a tampon in there because I'm going to die of toxic shock syndrome if I forget about it. God, and then I, mean, I finally do get the period. Two weeks in, I'm wearing my nice underwear. I've been sitting down for an hour, and it's right when I stand up, and I just feel the whoosh, and there goes my underwear,
2: and there goes my pants.
3: And I just go home, and I call it a day. And she's still, and she's still breathing hard. Okay, and she's like, angry. Your friends are like nodding, like, wow, yeah, that's truth, truth. You know, that's, I'm glad that came out. I was stunned. Okay, I, have, I didn't know what to think. It was. I learned a lot I learned there's such thing as period underwear what the fuck is that I don't have you know I don't have special underwear that I have it's like old gross underwear that you have specifically when you're bleeding out of your body and I learned that you know like tampons can kill you if you leave them in too long that was frightening I learned that pads if you're not bleeding will like dry you out and make it really itchy like you know I have I can kind of relate to that I can get itchy balls sometimes but that's like on the outside I can only imagine what it's like like like, how do you scratch that in public? I can kind of get away with something like this, but it seems rough. You know, and I also learned uh, about the whoosh. And everyone says, I don't know everyone, but I, the whoosh, the term whoosh, I've heard from several people where you kind of sit down for a long time or you're just, and you get up and it's just a whoosh, which I thought was fascinating. That everyone uses this very similar word. And so I learned a lot in that moment. I'm like, well, thank you, Barbara. And, you know, that kind of started my fascination with vaginas. I'm very appreciative of vaginas in that sense. And I can talk to my friends about it. I like to hear what people have to say. There's some variation. And I thought it was super cool. And I was fast forward a few years, like, uh, like two years ago, a year ago. I'm in, I'm in college, I went to UC Davis College studying physics with, you know, I'm in the physics study room because we have a bunch of problems. We're in there eight hours a day doing homework. And, you know, I, I, I have a friend. Her name is uh, Stephanie. And, you know, I'm, at this point, I'm like, I've talked about vaginas so often and periods, I'm like a pro. Like, you know, I know, I know. I know besides experiencing it, like all the details of what could possibly happen. Right? So I think I'm like really progressive hot shit. You know, hey, what's up? You know, I'm like, I'm like those other dudes, you know. <laughs> I know about vaginas. And so I'm talking with she, You know, there's not that many girls in physics, but it's nice to like talk to We're all fun, having a good time. We're there for eight hours and I notice she's leaving the room every two hours on the dot for 15 minutes at least. And I'm, like, laughing to myself. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. I can only imagine what's going on, yeah. obviously. And so we're there all day. And it's near the end of the day. It's, like, freaking 11 p.m. We're almost done with the problem. It's just me and a** now. Uh, we're still trying to figure out a problem. And, and she, like, leaves again. And she comes back. And she, like, walks in. I'm like, a- Oh, I mean, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll
3: edit it. Artifact of authenticity, right? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, Stephanie, whatever it is. She comes in, and she says, you know, I, I say? Uh, Stephanie, are you on your period? <laughs> Or you, you just have the runs. I'm thinking, of, all right? And she looks at me straight in the fucking face and she's just like, both.
2: Oh. And that's when I
3: learned about period shits. Whoa, it's rough stuff. And so she sits down, instant friendship, right? We're like, she's super open. You know, she, she's super gross. She loves talking about that stuff. And I know, I'm not talking about it. She's like, wow, it's so cool you could talk about periods. I'm like, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. <laughs> And so we're talking, and, and I'm, like, I'm like, thank God for period underwear. And she's like, yeah, right? Oh, how do you know about period underwear? That's so cool. And I'm like, you know, I just, I'm just bullshitting. I'm like, yeah, I just figured. Like, I figured out on my own. Like, oh, you know, if you have periods, you're probably going to you know, leak a little bit. And, like, that underwear is probably going to be gross, and you're going to want to use it later for other periods, right? She kind of nods and is like, yeah, kind of, but that's not usually where most of the staining comes from. And I say, what? And she says, yeah, I mean, like, periods will stay in your underwear, but the worst is vaginal discharge. And I said, vaginal discharge? What the fuck? And she's like, I th- isn't that when you have, like, like an STD or like an STI, like some kind of vaginal? she's like, oh, no, it's, like, continuous, dude, right? Va- vaginal discharge just, like, happens all day. Like, perpetually, my vagina is just, like, squirting, squirting out stuff of, like, it's like, like pussy snot is the word she used, you know? So, like, really, it was gross. Dude, I-, I am shocked now. I had no idea this existed. For everything I learned about periods, I'm like, oh, inside, I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. She's like, right? It's super gross. Oh, it's so, in-. and that's what really stains your underwear long term. You know, I get those like yellow stains in there. It's just, oh, there goes the white pair. I'm like, mm, yeah, it's really good. And she's like, well, honey, I'm glad we can talk about this. We'll see you later. So I was, you know, I'm like, okay, sure, I can deal with that. I know more now. I'm more educated.
2: And so a week passes,
3: and I get to more, and we're good friends, you know. We're like, oh, we're talking, and then one day she calls me. I s- s- swear to God, she calls me. And I say, yeah. And this is like, you know, we'll call you. We'll say stupid shit to each other, like, oh, we're appreciative. And she calls me. And she says, Henry. Oh my god, the funniest thing just fucking happened. I was in this two and a half hour lecture, and like, oh, you know, when you have like, you're on your period and like you're sitting down for a long time, you stand up. There's just like a big whoosh, and you can just feel all come out at once. And I'm like, oh my god, Stephanie, did you just like miscalculate? Uh, you just got up, like, oh, it's so sad. She's like, no, 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 I'm not my period. I'm not my period. I'm just like sitting there, right? Uh, and I, I stand up. After two and a half hours, and I just feel this, like, fat gooey just slither out and land in my underwear. And I said, gooey? She's like, yeah. It's like, you know, when the vaginal discharge gets kind of, like, solid, too. Sweet Jesus Christ almighty. Dude. Vaginas are gross. And it's like, and that's the kind of thing. Oh, uh, I, I can't. And this is the things that I feel like are so important to know as a dude to appreciate. More than just, oh, I got cramps. And, you know, I give birth Like, if I want to have a baby, it sucks But it's just the little things that I learned And, you know, I think everyone I started to appreciate dudes Because I kind of held myself above other dudes You know, like, yeah, I know about periods of vaginas I'm not afraid to talk about it, you know Like, my dad's like, oh, You know, I kind of told him what I was going to talk about tonight He's like, stops me at, at gooey I think I said the word gooey He's like, I said it earlier He was like, no, thank you That's really freaking gross Like, he didn't even was aware of vaginal discharge He was like 55 years old Jesus Christ How do we get away with that? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like four cigarettes. So, yeah, I guess the one thing I want to say, based on these stories, just, uh, you know, I encourage everyone, dudes, next time you have a friend in the audience, you know, girls, significant others, just your friends, you know, I mean, after the show, sit down and be like, hey, you know, tell me about your vagina. Right? <laughs> Thank
1: you guys. That's I love that you were surprised by the quality of my handshake, which I work on often. <laughs> my stuffed animal's hands are just ragged yeah uh (laughs) vaginas are so gross i love it though um like men are fucking disgusting but vaginas are sick um like truly like being a woman the number one thing i always think of is like being a woman is body horror period like and any um, any any movie you've seen that's about like like Carrie especially where there's just like blood everywhere like that's about being a woman. Just so you know, for guys who, who aren't aware of the coded um, coded meanings of. Of horror films that 's a big one um, if there 's blood everywhere and a girl is like just coming of age that 's about the sheer fucking terror of things coming out of your body at all times just <laughs> uh, and then also you 're supposed to expect it to expect it to be like just like be adorable about it and be charming and then like not in any way reference or acknowledge that you have a body which does things that are not cute and charming um, i don 't know. <laughs> I was trying to think about like things that, uh, things that, that people might not know that, that women think or that girls think or that we don't commonly uh, talk about or, or if I'm just a pervert, I don't know. But a question. How many minutes are you in the car on the way to a destination before you realize you should have made yourself come before leaving the house? <laughs> like, I know the whole thing, like, don't go out with a loaded gun like i'm meaner to people when i haven't come straight up i'm just like yeah what can i do for you today hmm what are you gonna do for me today what have you done for me lately get the get out of my sight um so yeah coming's important it's great um up next <laughs> up next is gonna be uh your new best friend uh danny uh i'm sorry shout at me how to pronounce your last
4: name it's my
1: middle name but it's Adalis. Ah, Adalis. Okay, Danny Adalis is on a web series called, very appropriately, Lady Wood. Puts your ha- Put your hands together, guys. Put your hands together for your next sure. storytelling. First of all, welcome to the party. Welcome to my house. Thank you. Um, I decorate exclusively with red curtains. I, uh, I'd i be curious to know, Danny, just before you begin, what would you like to drink? Oh. Um, maybe
4: water. I'm... We only
1: have taps that <coughs> exclusively scored out Capri Sun. Is that okay?
4: <laughs>
1: yes?
2: <laughs>
1: All right, cool.
4: I guess I'm starting. What's that? How's everyone doing? Um, I went back and forth trying to decide what kind of stories I wanted to tell, so I'm going to have you choose between A or B. Just shout it out. A or B? A. 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 I, I heard C. So... <laughs> I'm going to tell that one. Um, Has anybody ever seen or... Well, not seen. Have you guys ever heard of um, the phenomenon called entanglement? No No one? Yeah? 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 Does anyone listen to Invisibilia? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, these bad bitches did an episode about like entanglement which is like this really crazy thing that like when your mom knows you're sick and you're like whoa that's some voodoo shit and she's like no i'm just your mom and like (laughs) like you know she feels it especially my mom because she's puerto rican she's like i feel it mira the plant was dead i know you're sick i'm like i'm like i'm not sick (laughs) like but my sisters i'm the youngest i'm the youngest of four So my sisters are, like, my moms, right? Like, they're obsessed with me. Mm -hmm. Right? So cute. Um, They're obsessed with me. Like, they don't leave me alone, and it's crazy. And I'm super atheist, but my sisters, I'm Afro-Puerto Rican and white, and my sisters are very into, like, Santeria and, like, Catholicism and, like, all these other things. I'm like, you guys just don't make sense. And so um, my middle sister, Melanie, the one that I'm the closest to, has always just been really big on, like, calling me before something happens, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, like, that's going to happen. Like, you know, I I never believe her, because why should I? She's full of shit. Uh, So, anyways, fast forward, invisibility, you guys know what Entanglement is, you know my sister's a psycho, whatever. So i just broken up with this dude that I was in this open relationship with, and he did some white white boy voodoo on me, and I just wasn't about it. That's the last time I dated a white dude. And, like, it was just, it's complicated. Y'all are complicated. I'm just trying to, like, get fucked. And so, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't care. I'm just trying to make you dinner and have you tell me you love me. Um, but I, um, I was just, you know, I was bitter. So I, I also am an actress and a stand-up comic and a part-time storyteller. But I was on the set as a background, and I met this DP who was white. But he was, like, cute. He was, like, a ginger. I have a thing for gingers. Um. so I saw him at a bar, like, a couple days later, and I was like, what's up? And then he pulls out some cocaine, starts snorting that, and I'm like, well, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> but you're cool, and you might be a connect, because, you know, it's about, like, who you know, right? It's like, yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just, I'll hang out with him. I'm like, whatever, no idea. Uh <laughs> So I dress like this, like, normally. Like, I don't, I have a boyfriend now. I don't even dress it for him. Like, I walk out. I'm like, he's like, you have a show? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going like this. And so he's like, you're not going to brush your hair? And I'm like, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. So, so anyways, backtrack. I am about to go see this dude. And so dinner, go, going out to dinner, ended up going up to meet out his, meet up at his house. And I'm like, dumb like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just go to his house and talk to him. I'm like, no big deal. Like, I, You guys, I'm young. I'm stupid. So, but I told him, I was like, yeah, that's what's up. Like, I'm just going to go get a kombucha and hang out at your house with you and then like once I'm done with that I'm going to leave. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, right. So then I'm looking ratchet. I'm at Vaughn's. I'm about to head over to his house and then my sister Jen calls me and she's like, hey, stupid. And I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and she's like, uh, what are you doing tonight? Me and Melanie were talking. We have, like, a weird feeling. We were we were paying attention to the crystals and, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know, whatever. And I was like, yeah? I was like, what did they say?
2: And she's like,
4: shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. I'm just trying to help you. And I'm like, all right, well, what's going on? She's like, I don't know. Just, like, whatever you're going to do tonight, just be careful. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to meet up with some person. I'm going to go to his house. She's like, you fucking slut. Are you going to his house?
1: And I was like, I'm not going to do anything
4: And she's like, all right, that's fine. Like, whatever. Just, you know, we're worried about you. I don't know. We just have a feeling. And I was like, "Okay." And then I'm in line buying the kombucha, and then Melanie calls me. And Melanie's like, hey, Dan, it's me, Melanie. And I was like, I know your voice. (laughs) She actually sounds like that. She's, like, super, she's all over the place. And she's like, hey, so, um... Honey, me and Jen were uh, praying, and <laughs> and we're we. You came to our hearts, and my heart is just really, you know, something's telling me to tell you to be careful tonight. I don't know what you're gonna do. I heard you're going over to a dude's house, so <laughs> I don't know. You know, you do you do what you need to do, okay? and I'm just like okay like fuck you Melanie I'm a grown ass 25 year old girl (laughs) who just called insurance for the first time yesterday another story (laughs) but um, took it to his house right and I'm like pulling up. It's like a cute house. You know, he's a DP, so he has money, you know. I don't know what money looks like. I'm a comedian. And so I walk up into his house with my kombucha in hand and some oranges cuz, you know, why not? And I walk into this house and it is sterile. There is no furniture in this house. And I'm like,
5: "What the fuck?"
4: And like I look at the floor and it's sparkling clean. Like I've seen American psycho guys like, I'm not fucking with a white dude with a clean house with lots of money like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, my dad's white with lots of money. His house is not that clean. So <laughs> I, I I see him, and he has, like, a margarita ready. And he's like, hey, do you drink? I don't drink because, like, alcohol's gross. And um, <laughs> it is. I've never been drunk. Um, and he's like, hey, you want a margarita? I'm like, no. I have my kombucha. <laughs> and then he's like, Yeah. He's like, Well, uh, you know, we just moved in. So, and I've traveled so much and there's no furniture. And I'm like, Yeah. He's like, So why don't you sit down? We can sit down in my room. And then my dumbass is like, Okay. So <laughs> then I go and I sit in his room and I'm just like sitting in like the furthest corner. Like his bed's right there and I'm like on the wall and I'm like literally like pressed up on the wall like this. Like I, I have no interest and fucking with this dude, right? And I'm just thinking, like, yeah, I'm just going to talk to him, and I'm going to network, you know? And he's like, hey, do you want some weed? And I'm like, of course I want some weed. <laughs> like, I'm so nervous right now. You might kill me. But that's, like, not the best idea, right? Like, smoking weed at a strange guy's house, right? Right? This is interactive. This is where you guys say, right? So I'm sitting, like, literally like this. Like, I'm pressed up against the wall. My body language and my outfit and my fucked up nappy-ass hair is telling everything, like, No. Like, no, no, just give me some weed. And so I'm a little high, but not too high. And then he's talking. He's, like, name dropping. And he's like, yeah, I skate with little Wayne. And I just bought this Tom Ford deodorant that's, like, 80 bucks. It doesn't even work. (laughs) Let me show you my bathroom with the LED lights in it and the bathtub. And I'm just like, okay. And so then he puts on a smash and bang playlist. That was the title of his playlist. (laughs) And then my dumbass is like, oh, is that like your work playlist? Like, do you work to that? Like, what do you do? And he's like, yeah, I work to that. I'm like, okay. So I look at the clock and it's 12.01. And I was like, "Mm, I think it's time to go. I'm done with my kombucha and he has nothing to offer me. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna gonna go. And then he's like, come on, smoke some more weed, smoke some more weed. And I'm like, no, 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 I won't be able to drive. He's like, come on, smoke some more weed. And I was like, no, I won't be able to drive. And then he's like, literally like smoking and blowing in my face. I'm like, stop. And he's like, smoking and blowing in my face. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And he has me pinned up against the wall at this point. Fucking scary shit. He's a big ass buff ginger bitch. Like I, I'm little. I drink detox teas. Like what? And so I'm just like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I literally have my hands covered. I'm like, stop, stop. I said, stop, leave me alone. And then he's like, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Put your hands down. So I put my hands down, and he blows the smoke in my face and then kisses me and pushes me on the ground. And I am fucking terrified. I'm like, I'm about to get fucking raped right now. Like, this is happening. I'm pushing him away from me. I'm like, stop. Get off me. Stop. And I'm freaking out. I'm crying. He's like, come on, come on. He's kissing me. And he's, like, literally taking off my shirt and doing all this stuff. I was like, stop it. I couldn't push him off. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just, like, have, like, this rage. And I go... Get the fuck off me! And I, like, push him off. And he's like, whoa! Like, whoa! Like, 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 like looking at me like I'm crazy. Because I was. I'd never done anything that crazy in my life. And I was just like, yeah. Get the fuck away from me. And I grabbed all my shit. And I got up. And then he's trying to follow me. I was like, go the fuck away! Get away from me! And I walk out to the car. And I'm just, like, frazzled. I'm like, I, I understand how this happens to women now. Like, uh, Fuck. So I get in the car and then I'm really really sad and upset and I go home and the next day I'm talking to my friend Timmy about it and I'm like yeah I fuck I almost got raped and he's like oh my god like should you call the cops? I was like I don't know should I tell my dad? Like what do I do? Like <laughs> cause Pete's crazy guys. <laughs> Pete's a 6 foot 7 Irish dude that loves me too much. <laughs> so I'm like I'm like freaking out and then all of a sudden Melanie FaceTimes me and I'm like so I answer it. And she's like, hey. <laughs> and I'm like, hey. And she's like, what's wrong? Well, I had a dream. Let me tell you about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have her tell me her thing first before I tell her my thing. So then she's not like, oh my God, that totally was my dream. Like, you know, like I'm like, yeah. So I <laughs> I'm on FaceTime with her, and Timmy's sitting there, and I was like, what was your dream? She's like, okay. So it was really weird. Um, So I was getting ready for bed. It was around like 11.45, and I had the baby. I was breastfeeding, you know, because I time it. She gives me a play-by-play of everything. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And she's like, so as I was breastfeeding, you know, it's exhausting, so I was dozing off, and I was thinking of you. And I was like, Lord, protect my Danny. And I'm like, "Okay, like what? She's like, so in my dream, and her face is like this, in my dream. I see you walking into a house that's empty. (coughs) I'm like,
2: yes?
4: (laughs) She's like, it's an empty house, and, like, your hair's nappy, and you're wearing...
6: (laughs) She literally said,
4: she's like, you know, you're wearing your sweats, like, you're not wearing things that fit your body, which really makes me upset, but anyways, you're... (laughs) You're walking, and then there's this big man with red. Like, he's wearing red. He has, like, red hair. And he's kind of charming, but, like, maliciously charming. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, so he takes you into a room, and you're sitting in a corner, like, really pushed up against the wall. And he's sitting on the bed. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, she's literally, like, playing. I haven't told her anything, guys. Remember this. I haven't told her anything. So she's playing out the whole scene. She's like, you had your hair a, like you you were you were pushing away, you looked at the clock, and then you were trying to leave, and he wouldn't let you leave, and he pushed you down and he was hurting you, and I saw this guy hurting you, and then I woke up and screamed, No. And it was at like twelve oh three AM. Mm. That's right. And then I checked my phone to see if like I called her at that time. <laughs> like, or something. I'm like, I'm like Oh, my God. And I just, like, I literally, I'm just, like, that's exactly what happened to me. I don't even know where I, I had that instinct to, like, push this dude off me. Because I was telling you guys before, like, that's not, that's not me. Like, I don't, I literally was, like, this is how it happens. Like, this is what's going to happen to me. And my sister somehow had felt that. And when I told her, I was, like, that's exactly what happened to me. She's, like, I know. She's, like, I know it did because I saw it. She's like, I felt it and I saw it and I don't know how I felt it or saw it and I wanted to make sure you're okay. Like I knew that you were okay after I woke up and Gerard was like, Melanie, go to bed. But I was like, (laughs) that's her husband. (laughs) But I was just like, oh God, I'm so glad my Danny is protected. And she starts crying and then I start crying. We're all crying. But I guess like, the moral of the story is is that my sisters will always have my best interests at heart. And there is something really special about like this female empowerment and like this like power that sisters have and like the things that your mom say. And I, I think in the future, in my 25 years of life, I won't be so quick to, you know, brush that off and listen more and trust that more, even if I'm an atheist and I still don't believe that she saw everything, even though she told me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to leave you
1: with. Listen to people who love you. That is the only story to date that we've had um, in which Ratchet and Kombucha were used in the same sentence, which is incredible. (laughs) It's the first one. I hope it is not the last. Um, That's also kind of interesting. Just a thought, like how much the uh, the like the lower class and the upper class have now kind of yeah. Of course, there's like class warfare, but at the same time, because of the internet and like the spread of knowledge, there's also like been this great blending. So I don't know that you can say. That the middle class is being destroyed. I mean, like, we still have City Walk, guys. <laughs> <laughs> still have Six Flags. The middle class is alive and well while Six Flags still stands.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's always nice to visit um, City Walk every once in a while just because, like, it's when I stand there and I look around, I see all the lights and everything. I'm just like, I know I'm better than this. <laughs> It's such an incredible feeling. Um, I just I don't know you don't you don't get you don't get that very often in life. But City Walk, there's there's something else. There's something special there. You see like the giant gorilla hanging from the thing. You see like the bubblegump shrimp quotes that are actually in neon stitching, like neon lettering um, next to a restaurant, um, which I enjoy. Um, if you're just okay here's this okay really quickly Um, and then I promise I'll move on and I'll like stop making fun of things Um, if you want to take me to City Walk or if you want to like go (laughs) to Six Flags for a fun date why don't you buy me carnations and spit on my neck after like (laughs) fuck you must hate me (laughs) god I mean I watch Frasier okay I have class
2: um
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'm just so befuddled. Like, I'm a Grove girl. I go to the Americana when I want to feel good. Um, The West Coast Premier Mall, according to the creator of the Grove and the Americana. Um, Anywho. So we've got, I want to keep moving it along. We've got several more uh, delightful, beautiful, wonderful, uh, like, organic, gluten-free, all-natural storytellers for you. (laughs) I promise, I promise they've been vetted and individually handcrafted. Can't guarantee it was cruelty-free. Um, the next person coming up to the stage uh, has a show on Janu- upcoming on January 21st. Catch her there. Put your hands together for Jen Scott. <laughs> Welcome to my home. I mean, God, look at that moon. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> really something tonight. Jen, I'm curious. What can I get you to drink?
5: Um, usually just water. I don't really drink either.
1: What is the point of this show?
5: (laughs) I like Capri Suns too, you guys. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, thank you, thank you. Guys, that was an amazing story. Um, Entanglement, as soon as she said entanglement to me, I was so excited because I was gonna say something completely different to you guys, but sometimes entanglement does not always save you. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So, alright, um, you guys ever have, like, a really cool boss? Yeah. Like, yeah. a really cool boss. Like, you barely work. You're, you're, like, just their fucking sidekick, and you guys delegate the other shit for other people to do. You're just, like, their sidekick, and like, yeah... You do that. You know, like the guy in the background who of the rapper is just like, yeah, you're that, but for the boss. That's how cool of a boss. So you guys ever have a really cool boss and then that really cool boss becomes your really, really cool drug dealer? Yeah? Because then you're like just fucking high all the time at work being like, yeah, in the background and still getting paid and giving them money to both have you just be fucked up all the time. It's a beautiful situation, you guys. So you have a really cool boss who's your really, really cool drug dealer. And then, do you guys ever have that happen? And then they become your really shitty, abusive boyfriend? Anybody?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Such a fun time. Yeah, so fun. No, it's worth it, you guys. I have so many stories. Here's one. Okay. So, um... (laughs) I want to take on my sweater because I feel too warm because I'm already so upset. No. (laughs) Okay, so I um, was dating my boss and drug dealer and everything was going hunky-dory because I had no feelings, you know? Um, Just numb all the time, beautiful, and um, I was hanging out with him a lot, going over to his house. And fun thing about him was that he lived in a two-flat in Chicago, which means that he had his landlord live below him. His landlord had a daughter who also happened to be his ex-girlfriend. So fun. Okay, and so his ex-girlfriend, fine, I don't care. She's not in the picture anymore. I'm there all the time, and I was way hotter, not going to lie. Okay? And so... (laughs) I'm not worried about her because she's also old and gross but um, (laughs) she was also a sufferer of Crohn's.
2: I'll
5: wait (laughs) I'll wait Um, a clown (laughs) wait and a dominatrix who wanted to kill me (laughs) all of those things yes thank you (laughs) And so I avoided her like the fucking plague. And I, <laughs> I am a pretty confrontational person. I don't ever not communicate, but I did not want to ever talk to this girl because I didn't know, want, want to know what shit she did to him. I didn't want to know what shit he did to her and how much clown makeup was involved. Don't want to know. And um, and like this boyfriend, by the way, the first time we had sex, he chained me to a doorway and whipped me. Like, what?
2: what?
5: <laughs> Fine with it? Why? <laughs> Yeah, my decision making is really, really good. Um, (laughs) So I'm avoiding her like the plague, chained in doorways, you know. And um, one day she starts coming around and starts trying to talk to me specifically and was like, hey, Jen, I just think you're like a really cool person and um, would really like to hang out with you sometime. I have a circus event this weekend
2: <laughs> that I would
5: love for you to come to. Uh, and I was standing next to my boyfriend at the time in the doorway of our house because she had come upstairs to come tell me about this fucking circus event. <laughs> I had to get unchained to hear about a certain. Circ- <laughs> no. <laughs> Wasn't always tied up, just sometimes. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and um, She. I just, like, looked at him and looked at her and was like, no offense, but I really don't want to spend any time with anyone that he used to stick it in. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, okay. And I just kind of like went back downstairs. And guys, that was the only time she'd ever talked to me. She was a total cunt to me the entire time before that. And I was just like, yeah, fuck her. And like super happy about it. And I was also like 22, okay? And they're both in their late 30s. What am I doing? And um, yeah. So um, <laughs> so I just keep going to work with my cool boss, who's also my cool drug dealer, who's also my terrible boyfriend. And um, time goes by, and uh, I drop him off at work one day and go do something else, probably comedy related, who fucking cares. And I get a call from him saying, hey, all of the money and weed is gone. So this is 50 grand of money that he's been trying to buy a new truck with. Because you can't just keep bringing money to the bank. You got to hide it. (laughs) Otherwise, they ask questions. (laughs) And you also can't call the cops about drug money. (laughs) So he called me, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, you know who did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are on board, cause fun fact about a- also a cokehead. Her name is a- she's also a cokehead. This is a lot of information. Okay, so so we know we know it was Crohn's. and and uh, don't say all. One time she got paid ten grand to open her colostomy bag on a dude. Oh. Yeah, different kind of awe. Uh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, you know me so much better than so many of my friends right now. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm like, okay, well, go downstairs and talk to her because the obvious person who's the only person who has keys is her. She lives downstairs. So he calls me back five minutes later and says that she says it was me. And guys, who was with me at my apartment the night before that it only could have happened that night? Him. There's no way it's me! (laughs) Didn't think it through, clown. And so I turned my car around and went straight over there, like, in a rage that I had never felt before. Guys, you've never been framed to of robbing your own cool boss drug dealer's drug money and drugs. It's a real fucking sensation. <laughs> <laughs> so I get there, and I don't even go upstairs to tell him I'm there. I'm knocking on the door of shitty landlord and shitty daughter's apartment, and... Um, just screaming, I know what you fucking said, all this shit. I'm from Chicago, side note. Um, (laughs) um, and her fucked up, like, deadhead-ass landlord dad (laughs) opens the door and is like, is in the shower. And I was like, get her ass out of the fucking shower right now. Bitch comes out in a towel, his name is Uh, upstairs hears me, screaming at this girl, comes downstairs, and is just basically, you guys remember the yeah behind the rapper person? He was being that for me, and he's 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, how the fuck do you think you're gonna frame me when I was with him? No, 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 you are gonna fucking die, you fucking bitch!
2: Uh-huh.
5: <laughs> <laughs> she is lucky she's in a fucking towel, out fucking ripped her skin off. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> You guys know it was her, right? Like,
2: you know it was fucking her.
5: And, um, so (laughs) she's like, Jen, calm down. It could have been anybody. (laughs) Bitch, are you kidding me? So I like, I'm like, no, we're getting you out of here. I'm like, I don't want to deal with these fucking people or see these people ever again. You shouldn't see them either. We're getting all your stuff and you're moving in with me. So... That's how your cool boss, cool drug dealer, shitty boyfriend ends up living with you. Fun times.
2: <laughs>
5: so we're living together. I'm not over this because if somebody frames you, you just don't stop thinking about it. There's nothing you can do about it. They don't know you. They don't care about you. They just use you for like every advantage they could take you for. And so one night we're playing video games and I'm just <laughs> picturing her dying. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, I have a really good imagination, you guys. (laughs) And, like, was maybe being really, really specific about just her not being able to breathe anymore and, like, blood spilling out of her throat and just, like, over and over and over and over because we were playing really violent video games and that does work like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But... I stopped because I was like, no, there's nothing I can do about this. I'm wasting energy thinking violent thoughts. Why would I do that? I'm not a violent person. I just didn't know what to do with the energy. And guys, she died the next day. Oh my God. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Your thoughts aren't always good. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) What did she die of? She died of doing cocaine and nitrous. Which, I mean, you're fucking asking for it. What the fuck? (laughs) But yeah, um, the moral of that story is if you have powers. <laughs> no, i <I'm... laughs> Moral of the story is don't fuck with me. No. <laughs> moral of the story, I think, is that not only be careful what you wish for, but don't involve yourself in things that you wouldn't want to go poorly. Like, I was hanging out with middle-aged deadheads selling drugs. Of course I killed someone with my mind. <laughs> Thank you guys so much
1: <laughs> So I, I would like to keep the show moving along Everybody has told excellent stories so far uh, Far be it from me To make you guys keep waiting Not that I don't enjoy anticipation And making people work for it um, There are two kinds of male feminists Real quick, just want to point this out Um <laughs> The first kind is the one that's like hey, I realize that I'm participating in and benefiting from a system that ultimately like is giving me privileges that I don't deserve and that are harmful and impactful to your life. So, drinks are on me. Like I realize I'm going to make more in a lifetime than you do for the, like for the most part and that's unfair. So, drinks are on me. Have whatever you want. Like what what can I do to support you? And then there's male feminists who are like, you're independent now, so why don't you get the bill? I'm like, hmm, hmm. It's just a fun fact. Just a fun fact that I've noticed. I'm like, well, just because I can, just because I I just because I have the same rights, just because I have the same rights doesn't mean that it's necessarily on me to pay for your food. Or even my food. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Jesus. Do you know how much harder I work for like significantly less? Um, something I notice: um, a lot of people are always th- there's always that joke about like women are so weak, like they'll cry if they break a nail. I broke a nail three stories ago, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't mentioned it till now. Just saying, just saying. I'm real. I'm in real pain here. Uh, your next storyteller coming to the stage is a good friend of mine. He's just been. He's literally just back, as in yesterday, from traveling the fucking world. He's fantastic. He's got his own podcast. He does sci-fi, hip-hop, all sorts of interesting things. Put your hands together for Eric Zuleger! Welcome back to the country. How was your flight? Oh, it was long. That, uh, that much I can tell. Like, I can, I can tell you're fighting through. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Eric, you already have a drink in your hand, but I if you could have... That's a great yeah. one. What would you like to drink, Eric?
7: Like a gallon of whiskey would be great.
1: Man after my own heart. Put your hands together. <laughs>
7: Hey, everybody. Um, Thank you. My name is Eric Zulegger. So, yeah, like she said, I I just got... Um, I got back in the country, um, like, uh, less than 24 hours ago. So I'm going to preface this story with a story um, of the last 24 uh, hours and, and previously the last six months. So I went to the Middle East to write about Syria and do uh, research there. Um, so I was there, and then I went uh, I went from Lebanon and then to, to Turkey, and then I just fucking fucked off, what the hell, uh, around the Balkans and then the UK, and then I I, I took a goddamn... 30 fucking hour. It was $215 from Rome to Los Angeles. 30 hours to get from Florence, Italy to Los Angeles. I slept on two different floors of two different airports all the while I was sucking down Yugoslavian versions of Xanax, which I believe is still just Xanax. In order to will myself into a chemically induced rictus while Polish workers buffed the floors around me because I wasn't paying for a fucking hotel room. And then I lost track of the day because I got home around this time last night and I was like finally a bed. I'm not sleeping on a polished airport floor anymore. This is great. This is like I'm a millionaire. And so I got home, I got into bed, and then my body was like, you know, it'd be fun, why don't we just vomit? why don't we just vomit all night? And I was like, no, I, that, does, that doesn't sound good. We had that parasite in in, in Lebanon. And she's like, we're doing it, dude. And I'm like, no, man. So I got like two hours of sleep last night. And then I went to the goddamn genius bar because my fucking laptop decided that it didn't want to type anymore. So I I went up to the genius, and he told me, it was like a really technical term, something about like the logic board not working. But really, it just means that I'm dumb and not good at taking care of my things and I'm a human fucking dumpster fire and have to give him $450. And then I remembered I had this show. Huh. So that's what happened in the last 24 hours. Um, and, uh, uh that's, um, that's, I'm here now. Um, so, uh, it's going to be a little rough. Um, this story takes place in, uh, in 2011. I, I decided to become a, a Peace Corps volunteer uh, for the same reason that anybody does, which is, uh, like, upper-middle-class Caucasian guilt, um, and, and also, I, I was, um, like, I, I had a degree in theater, so, like, I wanted to learn useful skills, um, now I speak two dialects of Albanian, swinging a miss there, so, totally useless skills, um, and while I was there, I was sent to a really small uh village, a Muslim village in the north of Albania near the kosovo border uh and as I was there during during uh the worst winter that they had had in thirty years, I was going through uh probably one of the worst breakups I had ever been through um and it was it was particularly bad because uh, um like the other man was jesus um so so she was a born-again Christian. We were, we were together for, for quite a while, and I, I, I loved her a lot. Um, and I just realized at a certain point that she wasn't going to stop thinking that I was going to hell. Um, and, like I, like, I tried the thing. Like, I, I, read, I read the book, man. It's fucking horror show, man. Like, I went to Catholic school. I know how guilty I should be feeling on a day-to-day basis, and I felt like I was doing pretty well at that. Um but ultimately it was kind of like dating a cosplayer. It's like I get it. I have no problem with what you're doing. I just am not one of you. <laughs> um and so I I I didn't want to shame her about her faith because, you know, it's pretty fucked up like I'm right, Jesus is wrong. Pfft, like not cool. So uh so I lied to her. Um I told her that it was the distance because we were about 14 hours apart in the country. And um, uh, and so it was. It was just this horrifying breakup where where not only was I the one doing it, I was the one hurting somebody who I still cared so much about. But I was also responsible for for breaking up something that I cared a lot about because I knew I had to be honest. And at the same time, we had fucking three goddamn meters of snow outside. And if you don't know what a meter is, it's like, it's like three feet that are communist. So there's <laughs> nine fucking feet of snow in the Albanian Alps. And, and also, it wasn't, even, wasn't helped by the fact that in Albanian, there's not really a word for girlfriend. So people in my town knew well, that like, I had what they thought was my wife. Um, so when she wasn't coming around anymore, particularly the imam, um, I, he thought either one of two things. Either I got divorced, very not okay in a conservative Muslim town, or two, I killed my wife. <laughs> also not Okay. Um, so, and this is also con- came from a sort of misunderstanding as to why we were there because they thought that the the peace corps was actually a um uh, a punitive measure that uh we were being punished, so we were sent to live in northern Albania.
2: <laughs>
7: <laughs> so I was in the throes of um basically just this this awful awful winter where I had no power and no water and I was just laying there just thinking about how bad I am you know and I was like at that point where you get when I break up where you realize that like like you just simply will never have love again unless you'll be around love which will only be to taunt you by its proximity to you but that's okay because don't worry we're all just organic pain collectors racing towards oblivion, and God is dead. So it was at that point, you know, in a, in a breakup. We all get to that point. There was also 12 <laughs> feet of snow outside, and, like, an imam who was always just eyeing me. I'm like, I can't explain culturally what, like, breaking up means. Um... And so I was, like, and, uh, I, I, like, I just basically, like, I had a really long hair, really scraggly beard. I looked like Jack Nicholson from The Shining, if if he, like, listened to nothing but Dashboard Confessional. Um, and, and so, like, I decided, I, like, I just needed to get the fuck out of town. So as soon as the snow melted, I was going to leave town no matter what, right? I was going to take myself on a trip. So I was, like, I'm going to go through Eastern Europe. I'm going to get across the border to Kosovo. And I'm just going to fucking go, baby. I'm just going to go. I'm going to book the next... Next bus they got out going anywhere, so I play I pay my friend my friend Genti three dollars to drive me like forty kilometers, and then I get to Jakova, Kosovo. I'm sure you guys know it. Uh, <laughs> I get to Jakova and I'm like, look, I need the first bus you got going anywhere. He looks at my passport and he's like, okay, Austria. I'm like, sweet, Austria. D- let's do it. We're going to Austria. What are they out there? Uh, is that is that like sausage? people are we doing sausages there (laughs) fine whatever I'll do it um so he looks at my uh, my passport and he's like you're an American and I'm like yeah I know proud of it and uh and they're like you've got a bunch of Kosovo stamps in this I'm like yes I know I'm in Kosovo right now now let me give you a brief primer if we're not up on our Balkan histories of the 90s so um uh Serbia and Kosovo were kind of like me and my ex-girlfriend they broke up it wasn't mutual Um, The problem was, unlike my breakup, there was like way more carpet bombing and ethnic cleansing in between both of these countries, right? Um, And that carpet bombing was done by a country that rhymes with freedom, America. Uh, So if you have a passport from America and you have stamps from Kosovo in it, you're not going to make friends at the border of Serbia. And I was like, Blair Most Albanian dudes are named Blairty, so I assumed Blairty. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what are the chances I get through on this passport? He's like, 60-40. I'm like, how can we take that up a notch? And he's like, put twenty dollars in it. And I'm like, Blairty. You tell me I need to take a bribe? Are you tell me I need to make a bribe right now to get through the border? That sounds fucking cool. <laughs> It was. It was really cool at the beginning of the bribe-making. But once we got to the border, which had recently been, been bombed, it's the border of Mitrovica if you want to Google Map this, once we got to the border, it was just nothing but floodlights and barking dogs lining the sides everywhere, and I was just like, I just need to get across the border. As soon as I get across the border, nobody can touch me. Also, I can't go back to my little hovel, in northern albania where all my feelings are and so we stop at the border and serbian border guards come onto the bus with ak-47s because that's just kind of their thing and i'm just my head is in my hands i'm praying to every god there is that i just make it through this border and that they don't call my name We're about to start moving again, and then they call my name, thick Slavic accent, Eric Zuleger. And I don't realize how fucked I am at this point. So I stand up, and the bus driver gives me my bag, and I'm like, oh, shit, I am going to Serbian jail tonight. And so I get out, and I'm trying to think of everything I can do. Like, the floodlights are just completely blinding in my eyes. Dogs are everywhere. They have AK-47s. And I'm thinking, like, like, okay, alright, Jason Bourne, this thing. Okay, throat chop. Knee sweep. We knock that guy out. We take his AK-47, lay waste to everybody, and then just run through the border, and we go to Austria, eat some sausages. Boom! Done. <laughs> Was too busy not shitting to do any of the, leg like, sweeping. Um, so... So I, I go I go into a little booth the interrogation booth many borders have them they do um, so I'm surrounded by three Ser- Serbian border guards and um, he takes out the twenty dollar bill and I'm like fuck Andrew Jackson buddy <laughs> nothing and he's like this isn't money to me and I'm like okay. So I go to take back my passport to try and explain. At this point, I hear three AK-47s rack. At this point, I do not know what happens. The next point that I come to consciousness is when I am running as fast as I can through blinding floodlights. People are yelling at me in Serbo-Croatian and Albanian, and I realize that I have run directly through the coast of our border away from three guards with dogs barking on either side. My pack, with everything I own on me, is jostling from side to side, and I'm trying not to get thrown into a ravine because I know they'll get me there, but I make it past the border, and they can't cross that border, especially since it had just been bombed. So I just start running and running and running until I'm in an ink- Black street in the middle of northern Kosovo, in a field, and I'm alone. And I'm looking for a place in the field to uh, uh, to set up for the night where a farmer won't find me, so I can um, so I can sleep there. Uh, and then I see the most American thing in the world, which is a goddamn Serbian Coca-Cola truck. Just driving up. And it's my only hope. So I start yelling at it, and only words I know in Serbo, Croatian, Albanian, I just start yelling at it, and it stops for me. And I get in the cab, and the guy asks me where I'm going. And I just say, I have no idea. Thanks, guys. Eric Zulier. That's my name.
2: Do, do, do. That's so nuts. I was
1: actually going to tell exactly the same story. That's nuts. Um, that's really weird. Eric, we should talk about that. That's crazy. Like, I mean, that, that just happened to me in the last 24 hours. That's nuts. Um, that was like right before I got to the show, I was crossing the border from East Hollywood into West, which is just as terrifying, let me assure you. Um, it goes both ways. Uh, guys, in order to close out this beautiful show, we have a longtime friend of the show. She's done this done this many times before. She is an absolute delight every single time. She crushes it. Uh, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. But she will do great. I guarantee it. Uh, you're going to like the way you look. I'm going to like the way I look, at least. I hope. Um, the, my brain doesn't work. Um, <laughs> Uh, guys, put your hands together. She's in Woman of Color Anonymous at UCP. It's Sean Richards. Sean is uh, Sean has done the show when it was actually in my my real home, in my real living room. Um, the living room has since been burnt. Um, just a weird accident. Yeah. Yes, that's the crazy thing. Like, it's, it's. I, I am delighted, overwhelmed, overjoyed that you guys all come out. But the reason we left the living room was because there were so many people in it that, like, things were getting knocked over. So, just saying. Like, we're building to that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Sean, welcome back to the living room. Thank you. What can I get you to drink?
6: Chai latte.
2: Whoa. Oh, we got an Oprah fan in the audience.
6: Hey. <laughs> Okay, so the theme is Girls, 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 and I was thinking, like, what could I say about my Girls, Girls, Girls experience? Well, I'm going to combine a girl's trip with some girl power. And yeah. Enjoy all of it. <laughs> okay, so this is my first time going on a girl's trip with my friends, and we were going to South Beach, Miami. I could remember the girls that I went with because we don't speak anymore. Uh, one's name is Shalonda, and the other one's name is Tanya.
5: So, we
6: decided to go to South Beach, and I actually, walking down South Beach, you run into everybody, and this was probably 20, and believe it or not, I ran into Marky Mark, oh, Mark Wahlberg, actor, and, um, and, uh, He was just saying, you know, what what are you guys doing tonight? We're like, we're going to go to one of those clubs. Well, he was talking about that he had this huge video game. And I was not into video games. But video games, if you think about it, are very empowering for women. So we go to his house. And this is like kind of in the Collins Avenue. I don't know if you've been to South Beach. But it's pretty, pretty populated with fancy, you know, apartments and condos and houses. So we walk into this house, and I don't know, I've never been into video games, but I got into this game called Tekken. Is that a game still?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All
6: dressed up, and we're playing video games nonstop. And I mean, this was insane. Like, we were betting money on this. Like, there was no, like, drugs or alcohol. It was just all about, like, betting money to beat each other up in a video game. So at this time, Tanya was like, girl, I want to go to the club. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. I'm I'm making money. I'm making money. I'm paying for my plane ticket, bitch. Are you crazy? So we're sitting there and this huge big screen TV. And all I could see is, like, I think that's, like, Mark Wahlberg in the back. I don't give a shit because I'm on a roll. Like, I got money. People are stacking money because I'm, like, kicking everybody's ass. So at this point, you know, we're in South Beach. Why am I still in this house playing video games with these idiots? I should be going to the club live, right? That was the big deal. Everybody's going to club live. I play until about 1215 at night and nobody is like budging. So I say to myself, okay, Tanya, Shalanda, let's go to the club. I kilted, I got some cash in my back pocket. I feel a little bit like a drug dealer, you know, going back to you with the drug dealer. And so um So we're walking down Collins Avenue. We go into the club. We're there for about an hour jammed, like, kicking ass. And we're, like, dancing our head off, leather shorts on, like, on on top of speakers, just like, like I mean, we're getting into it. (laughs) So we walk out on Collins, and this is like the congregation. You know how, I don't know if you know, I'm from the East Coast, but when we left clubs, the club continued in the parking lot. The club continued on the side streets. We were still like hanging out and talking, but I still had not the adrenaline from the music, but it was the adrenaline from kicking ass and Tekken. I don't know what it was. So I start talking to my girlfriends, and all of a sudden we meet these amazing drag queens. They just start talking to us, and we're like all circled around, talk about makeup and, and hair and lipstick. And I see this guy riding a bicycle. Yes, a bicycle. Not a motorcycle, a bicycle. And he's circling around us like a little shark. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not paying attention. We're talking about makeup and hair. We're talking about being there from New York. And this guy grabs my ass. Now... after playing Tekken for seven and eight hours, I am not the bitch you grab her ass, okay? And I guess he thought, you know, we were a little too cute, my heels were a little too high, maybe my shorts were a little too short. I don't know what he thought, but I guess he thought I wasn't going to chase him. And at the time, I think it might have been an Angelina Jolie movie that just came out, so I had... Like, not spinach strength, but I had Tekken strength slash, like, Laura Croft strength, okay? Yeah. And he started riding way, but he was kind of teasing me. Like, after he... He didn't, like, tap me on the back. He, like, scooped it. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, 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 no. You're scooping my ass in public, and then you're riding a fucking bicycle? Are you fucking kidding me? So... Everybody stopped and was like, oh, shit, what is she going to do? And it was like slow motion. And then I just started chasing him. And I guess he turned around and didn't expect me to be right behind him. He starts, like, freaking out, like, oh, shit, she's coming after me. Now I grabbed him by his, his neck and snatched him off the bike and dragged him on the street. The two drag queens took his bike and rode off with... You know how it is. He's on the floor, and I guess he was like, oh, shit, like, no girl's ever like, beat my ass on, on Collins Avenue. Because I had a feeling he had been grabbing asses probably that whole week, and, like, <laughs> no, no, no. Friday was just not the day to do it, you know what I mean? 12.30, 1.30 in the morning, not nah, not nah, nah, nah. He's on the floor, and I just, I don't know. I really believe that video games and rap music really propels violence. Because I, I, I... was on one. I just started, like, beating the shit out of him. Yeah. And just, like, you know, like... it was just like... And then it was like, I was doing Tekken move slash Angelina moves. And it was just like, boom, boom. And it was just like, all of this. It was all of this going on. And it was like, It was just unbelievable. And I just kept beating his ass, beating his ass. Before I knew it, I had a crowd around me.
2: Wow.
6: <laughs> and all that money that I had made with, uh, with the Tekken game, and everybody was betting on me and I was winning, they were throwing money in this pit because I was beating this guy's ass. I was like, what the hell is going on? And I'm just beating his ass and beating his ass. Somebody calls the cops. Now, keep in mind, remember the drag queens that stole the bike? They were long gone. They had never even came back to see if I was okay. This are supposed to be my girls talking about makeup. No, they rode the bike all the way down Collins Avenue and never returned. I'm fighting this guy, I don't know where Shalonda is, I don't know where Tanya is, I'm just fighting this guy, but I got a pit of people around me, throwing money like, girl, beat his ass, beat his ass, I'm just beating his ass, the cops come, oh my god, they were like, there's blood everywhere, she busted his nose, I'm like, oh shit, am I going to jail, because you know, all of a sudden, they forgot that he scooped my butt, you know what I mean, so I'm like, oh my god, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, girl power, Officer? <laughs> Officer, I don't know what happened. He just grabbed my butt. I fall on the floor. I did my best Shakespeare monologue I had ever done in my fucking life. They call the fire department because his nose was busting and he needed stitches immediately. The fire department comes. They're calling, they're like, Dude, what happened? He's, he could barely talk. There's blood like everywhere. His nose is busted. They're like, girl, all of a sudden the drag queens come back on the but They're like, that bitch beat his ass, girl. That's right. That bitch beat his ass. I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. They take a statement. The cops take a statement. The kid was 15. He broke curfew. Oh, oh. Oh.
2: <laughs>
6: and at the time, I was like, oh my God, like what does this mean for me? They took my statement. They arrest him after they stitch his nose up on the street, boogers and everything on the floor. Okay, band aids, blood, gush—I mean, everything. My heel broke, so that was another thing I was really pissed about. <laughs> and I'm giving my statement. The fire department—they kind of wrap him up, but he had broken curfew, so it was a big deal. And then they were like, "Listen, we're not—he broke curfew. He's in a lot of trouble." You beat his ass. We got to take a statement. I said, listen, I don't live in Cal- You know, Miami. I live in New York. I'm going back to New York. Then I'm moving to California. And they're like, this is going to be a big deal. Come to find out, two months later, two months, I get a letter from the police department in Miami telling me that he, wa- he had a letter that he apologized. It was a three-page letter. This kid apologized to me. He had just gotten out of juvie. He did his time. His mother wrote me a letter apologizing to me. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I hopefully taught him a lesson, changed his life (laughs) in some way. And you know what? He will have stitches for the rest of his life, so it will be a constant reminder. And at the end of the day, it was all about girl power.
2: The title of that
1: story is <laughs> Um That's amazing. Um, if I could just general, like, let's just the more stories that have drag queens in them, the better. Um, so, guys, we've um, we've really spent some time like getting to know one another. <laughs> Um, I feel like we've established a sense of play, and we really just, we've had a nice time learning about ourselves. Um, learning about ourselves and one another. Um, thank you very much for joining us and joining me for Feats of Strength. Um, there was one time I was doing the show in the living room, and I started doing this with a stool, And I, like, lifted it over my head and there was an audible gasp in the crowd, which is when I realized that everyone else could tell I was drunk. (laughs) That it wasn't just me in there. Um, I'm just, like, leapfrogging over the patriarchy. Uh, So, uh, thank you guys for coming. Thank you for having so much fun listening to Entirely True Tales to the Best of Their Perspective. Guys, we'll be back so soon. Keep telling your friends' stories and making them laugh. Have a great night. You can't stay here. You can never go home. Thank you all. Get out of here.
0: Folks, I'm a woman of my word. I promised you Monday mornings. We're doing Monday mornings from now on. Personally speaking, is recorded live in front of a not studio audience, but of in front of about anywhere from seven to thirty people at Open Space Cafe on Fairfax. Um, it is a delight. Please come see our live show. It'll be January thirteenth. That is a Friday night, and then we'll go out for drinks after. Not at the nice place across the street. That's too expensive. Talk soon. And be good to one another, okay?